0: Hey guys, thank you for joining us online today. We, we literally have people from all over the world, many different countries and uh, all states in the United States almost. Uh, people join in and watch us online, and we're honored uh, that you watch us. And we really hope that today, through the Word of God, He does some incredible things in your life and, and literally awakens some things in your soul about who He is. And now, what we don't want is we don't want this to be your total church experience. Church is not meant to be virtual, uh, it's meant to be lived in community. And so therefore, we want you to plug in uh, to a physical church where there's real people. And so if you live in our Middle Tennessee area, we would love to have you to become involved in one of our campuses. If you'll get online at lifepointchurch.org, we uh, will, there you will find all the information you can find on any of our campuses. If you need help from there, just email us from from our website, let us know, send us a Facebook message. We'll be glad to help you plug in. If you don't live in our Middle Tennessee area, then we will be glad to help you find a, a Bible-believing, Christ-exalting, God-honoring church in your area. And so again, email us from the website, send us a message on Facebook. We will be glad to help you find a church, recommend some churches for you to plug into. Again, thank you for watching today. Uh, we hope God does some incredible things in your life. And remember, what He does in your life, we want you to take that and pour that out into others' lives. And so thank you for being here. God bless you. I hope God does some great things in your life today. You know, last week, we began uh, a series called My House. We began a series called My House. It's taken out of the theme verse from Joshua. And Joshua chapter uh, 24, verse uh, verse 14 and 15, Joshua says, If it's evil in your sight to serve the Lord, then choose you this day whom you will serve, whether it be the God that your fathers served beyond the region and the river, or whether it be the God of the Amorites— But as for me and my house, regardless of what you serve, he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so what we're challenging you to do, and really what God let us do through a thing we did called our sacred gathering, is to focus on the family, to drill down and challenge dads, challenge single moms, to challenge families, to become passionate about teaching our kids and our family. Uh, If you're single, teaching your friends, your nieces, nephews, those, whomever is in your circle, to run hard after the heart of God, to honor God, to exalt Christ in your life, uh, and to declare with Joshua, as for me and my house, it doesn't matter if your house is four people, two people, 15 people or one person. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So we call this my house. Now, now the theme passage for the three weeks, that, that was what inspired the verse. The theme passage is uh, from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Moses uh, speaks to the people of Israel. He's preaching a message to them. And they've come out of 400 years of slavery. They've come out of hundreds of years of slavery, 40 years in the wilderness because of their disobedience. And Moses is challenging them. uh, You know, in this time, he's challenging them because he wants Israel to flourish. And he knows for Israel to flourish, families have to flourish. And the only way for families to flourish is if the leaders of the families love Jesus exclusively right? And so he outlines in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, he outlines three steps, really, progressive steps in this journey to family discipleship, in this journey for families flourishing. And we want our church to flourish. And for our church to flourish, we know families have to flourish. And for families to flourish, you have to lead them well. And so, we're, we, we're looking at these three steps, and so I, I want to look at it again, the passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verses 4 through 9. Deuteronomy 6, uh, 4 through 9, and, and here's what uh, uh, Moses said in, in Deuteronomy 6. He said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. This is a sermon Moses is preaching. The Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them as you sit in your house and as you go by the way. You shall talk about them as you lie down and when you rise. You shall talk about them. You shall teach them diligently. That You shall bind them uh, uh, as a sign on your hands. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost uh, and on your gates. Now, this is what Moses is preaching, and it's a three, three progressive steps. But before we dive into those, I want to pray uh, because, you know, uh, no words that I say will make a difference. You'll forget all my words by the time you eat lunch, okay? But I want God's Spirit to empower and anoint those words to bring to your soul and to your mind these things so that they stick, right? That you just don't forget it and walk away, but they stick. And so let's pray together for His Word, will we? God, thank you for, for your Word. Thank you that it's your Word that changes hearts and minds. And it's your Word, Father, that, that literally, uh, Lord, uh, as, as we learned last week, it's the incorruptible seed of your Word that, that brings new birth. It's your word that makes wise to salvation. God, it's your word that teaches us the way of life. And I pray that, Lord, that your spirit would anoint the words that that I speak in the next few moments, that that your spirit would open ears of people here to hear, their eyes to see, their minds to understand, and their hearts to receive your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, uh, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Incredible passage. You need to read that. You need to meditate on it. You need to memorize it. I want to challenge you to recite it to yourself every day. It's that important. Memorize it. Recite it every day. It's that important because it tells you the purpose for your family, what God created your family, and the order of discipleship that he created to take place within your family. Last week, we looked at step one, which begins with you. And our message last week was it starts with you, uh, dad, single mom, or it just starts with you in general. Moses started out by saying, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's talking about the exclusivity of God. All these false gods around us and all the Canaanite gods and the rivers as Joshua talked about that your father served and the region beyond the river, all these gods, but we are to worship one God exclusively, the Lord, our God. And it says, love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. So it starts with you saying, I'm declaring my allegiance to God exclusively. I love him. Nothing else is going to take his place in my life. He's not a priority. He's not number one. He is my life and all the planets revolve around him. He is the, the, the sun that everything in my life revolves around. That's, the, that's step one, if you want your family to flourish. That's step one. If you want your kids to flourish, if you want our church to flourish, our country, that's step one. Is you. It starts with you, and it starts today. Step two, we're going to zone in on today. Then what does he say? Then teach them diligently to your children. Right? Teach what? Well— he said, these words I command you today shall be on your heart. What are those words? It's, his, it's the Bible. It's Scripture today. The things that Moses commanded and spoke are Scripture today, right? And so basically what Moses is saying, you shall teach your kids the Word of God. Here's what I can guarantee. We know that the Scripture says, as I prayed a moment ago, it's the Word of God that makes you wise unto salvation right? Uh, I think it's in First Peter that says that it's the incorruptible seed of God's Word that brings new birth, okay? So godly parents, parents who want their kids in heaven with them, parents who want their kids to be saved, will have the Word of God tattooed on their heart so that they can in turn make sure it's tattooed on their kid's heart. It begins with you. It starts with you, and it starts today, right? So you know the Word, and you begin to teach the Word to your kids. Richard Baxter, I love learning from the Puritans, okay? Richard Baxter was this old Puritan pastor from hundreds of years ago. I mean, he's a really dead guy, right? And uh, uh, he, he said that if parents do their job correctly, Christian parents do their job correctly, then children would be saved at home. Okay? Children will be saved at home. And you say, well, yeah, that makes sense. Well, I mean, I think a lot of us are hoping our children go to church and learn the things of God and get saved when in reality we need to understand that the church is here to come along beside you. You know, I was on the front end of youth ministry. I was a youth minister 24, 25 years ago. I was in youth ministry, you know, uh, and I was on the front end of youth ministry. Back when I was a boy, I mean, really the only areas of ministry that you went into, you could be a pastor, you could be a worship pastor. I knew it wasn't that. I knew it wasn't a worship pastor. You could be a worship. A pastor, you could be a pastor, you could be a, 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 a missionary, you know, a couple of, but youth ministry was just new on the scene. And man, now we've got youth ministers and we've got children's ministers and we've got preschool ministers and we've got singles ministers and we've got, we've got all these ministers. And man, that's not a bad thing at all, but one of the unintended consequences of having youth ministers, so to speak, and children's ministers is somewhere along the line parents begin to say, oh, we got the children's minister. He's a professional. We got the youth pastor. He's a professional. We're going to abdicate our responsibility, and they're going to teach our kids the things of God. Okay? Having youth ministry is great, but it doesn't replace the role of the parent in the family. It doesn't replace that. Our our youth pastor's job, just so you know, is, is, is to equip you to do that right? That's our job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Our children's ministry, our next gen area is is here to equip you guys to lead your families. And so so we're going to have youth ministry. We're going to have children's ministry because we want to teach them in age appropriate ways to run hard after the heart of God. But we want to come along, equip you to do that, and then so that you in your homes are teaching them the things of God. Then when they come here, back, the Puritans also came up with this idea that we really love here at Life Point, that each family is a small church. Now, it's not a biblical church in the sense of this is the church, so you don't need to be a part of a church, so you can do home church. No, that's unbiblical. You need to be a part of a local community. But I love the idea of you understanding that every leader of your home, if you're a dad and a husband, here's the deal. God's Word says basically you're the pastor of your home. You're the pastor of your home. You have the responsibility primarily to lead your home just as I have a responsibility to lead this church. Did you know that I'll stand before God just like you, every person in this room, we'll all stand before God one day. We'll answer for what we've done. I'll not answer for whether I go to heaven or hell. That's settled. I'm going to heaven. Jesus will not say, well, let me see if you're going to heaven or hell. Let me check the books. He knows that's settled. I passed from death to life, right? But I will stand before him and I'll give an answer of everything I did with what he gave me. I'm a pastor and I'll answer highly for that call. I won't answer for, for, for you know, how, how, how you respond. And I won't answer necessarily for what you do ultimately, right? I mean, thank the Lord, there's a lot of lug nuts in the world, right? And I mean, I won't answer for everything you do, but I'll answer for how I preach God's word to you. But you know what? I'll also answer for how I led my family as a dad, how I led my kids, how I led my wife. I'll answer for that. Just like every man in this room will answer you know for how you lead your family that's our job and so so I love the idea of us thinking about our homes as these small churches because then dad what we need to uh, what we want to challenge you to do is lead your home pastor your kids pastor your wife. Let the worship there overflow as you come in here on Sunday to, to, to create this vibrant and healthy worship uh, corporate experience on Sunday. You see, here's the great difference in worship. Travis, man, they, 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 the, Travis and his team, man, they spend hours praying over pouring over, writing, thinking about how, man, I can, we can do this because we want to spur your affections toward God. We want to lead you to come in and declare great things about God. They work hours on that. But if you just come in, man, and you don't even think about it until you come in, it's like hard to just get engaged. If you come worshiping, don't just come to worship, come already worshiping makes a huge difference makes a huge difference when it's the overflow of what's going on in your family. You're coming with that anticipation and that expectation. And so that's why we're challenging you to teach your kids diligently. And if you're single, teach your single friends diligently. Teach the circle, the sphere of influence diligently. Teach them diligently. And folks, there's two different moments that we're going to talk about today. Very practical. Today's message is very practical, okay? I want to teach you two different moments that you need to embrace in order to teach your kids diligently. There's in teachable moments and intentional moments. Teachable moments and intentional moments. Let's talk about teachable moments for a moment, okay? Teachable moments, right? What did Moses say? He told uh, Israel, he said, I want you to teach your kids diligently the words that I command you that should be on your heart. Teach your kids diligently. Talk of them as you sit in your house. And as you go by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. In other words, man, when you're sitting around in your house, when, you, when you're driving down the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up, what Moses was doing is he was covering all the bases of saying in the natural flow of everyday life. He's talking about teachable moments. It's not just this formal time that you've got to sit down and crack open the Bible and say, okay, kids, let's gather around. We're going to do our Bible study now, and you read a scripture and do all that. We're going to talk about that in a moment. That's an intentional moment. But right now we're talking about teachable moments. Discipleship happens in life. That's why, you know, three guys together, get together and do breakfast on, on one morning of the week and just talk about the Bible is great. You want to take it to a new level of discipleship? Do life together, right? So that, so that that guy can see how you treat your wife, that guy can see how you treat your kids. That is everyday teachable moments. And you're teaching your kids every moment of the day. Did you know that? I mean, we all know this. Uh, if you're a parent, here's what you know. Your child at some time or another has just said something really inappropriate, Right. I mean, your child has said something inappropriate, and here's what happens when they do. Dad normally just zones right out through it, right? I mean, he's thinking about something, and mom says, huh? where did you hear that? Now, what you don't want to hear if you're a dad is, you don't want to hear your child go, well, I heard dad say it, <laughs> which is guilty, right? I mean, I'm sure, I hope you're, you're I mean, I, guilty, it's like, oh, then I'm looking at him, like, you threw me under the bus, kid, we'll talk about this later, too, <laughs> Right? You teach your kids every moment of every day. You're discipling, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you intend to or not, you're discipling your kids. The question is not, are you discipling them? The question is, what are you discipling them to do, right? For instance, dads, let me, let me help you out, ladies, for a moment. Oh, uh, man, me, uh, me I'll come back and help you out in a moment, okay? Let me help you out, uh, 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 dad, ladies. Dads, did you know that you're teaching your son how to treat women by how he sees you treat your wife. Did you know that? I mean, if your your children, if your son sees you uh, treat your wife, you know, very aggressively, verbally abusive, dismissive, you know what you're teaching your son? You're teaching your son to be chauvinist. You know, hey, woman, get me some tea. You know, I mean, you might come back on a fat lip at my house if that happens. I'll be calling, call, you need to preach more. Listen you're teaching them to be narcissistic. But dads, get this, this really, this really hit home with me a few years ago, you know, because I would had sons, rough and tumble, let's fight, let's get down the floor, let's do this. And then I got daughters, way different, right? But here's what, I, here's what the weight on me now is, do you know Jaden, my 12 year old daughter, just turned 12 this week, Allie Kate, 11. Do you know what Jaden and Allie Kate, 12 and 11, do you know what they're gonna expect, how they're gonna expect a man to treat them? how I treat their mama. Did you know that? So if they see me be very chauvinistic, if they see me be very aggressive and dismissive and disrespectful to their mama, that's just the way that I'm gonna, my daughters are gonna be expecting their husband to treat them, and that's what they're gonna settle for. Dads, no, right? You're teaching your kids every moment something. Now, guys, let me help you out a little bit. Ladies, if you are continually nagging and think you've got to be the Holy Spirit on every issue in your home. You know what I mean? You, you, know, you, you know what you're doing? You, you're emasculating your husband in front of your kids. Did you know that? And then your son is learning, I'm not going to leave my wife. It's a systemic issue. I'm not going to leave my wife. Your, your little girls are learning, man, if I want something, I've got to manipulate and nag. Right? And by the way, I've never, just a side note, ladies, and I've never known a man who's been motivated to do anything by hearing something for the 4,000th time. Oh, great. Let's do this, right? Uh, yeah, I get it now. Did you know? Uh, listen. Hey, guys, I, I want you to know, uh, ladies, did you know? Let me speak to ladies, not guys. Did you know that God even feels sorry for your husband if you're an nag? <laughs> Read Proverbs 21. He says, it's better for a man to live out in a desert without water than to live with a nagging wife. You know, he, he says, drip, drip. Drip—it's like a dripping faucet, right? God says that, and so, uh, uh, ladies, did you know if 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 you if you teach your child, you're teaching your daughters, you're teaching your sons, men, you're teaching your daughters and your sons by how you treat your spouse? They learn from that. All of it's teachable moments. Uh, they're, They're learning from how you treat your spouse. They're learning from your road rage. Oh Lord, my kids have not learned great lessons there. I promise you right? Uh, They're learning from your absence. They're learning from your presence. They're learning from everything you do. And so what we want you to do is you got the first thing step in this is realizing everything I do is a teachable moment. Everything I do. And so then we come in and we, we, we learn about money. Okay, what do I want to teach my kids about money? Do I want my kids to be in debt over their ears? Do I want my kids to live payday to payday? Do I want them to blow every mo- all the money they have? Do, what do I want my kids to learn about money? Do I want them to worship money? Do I want them to live for money? What do I want them to do? Well, then you show them what you want them to be. And so the first thing is, I don't, I don't want them to think I worship money as God. I want them to know I worship God with money. And so the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to tithe kids now, you may tithe like me. You may tithe online uh, and it repeats itself so they don't see you write out a check or, you know, put money. And that's okay, Well, you just you talk to them about it. Let them know, we tithe. You don't necessarily tell them how much because they don't necessarily need to know how much money you make or don't make. But, you know, you let them know, we tithe. We're gen- teach them generosity. Teach them, man, we save kids, right? You teach them, I don't need everything that I want. And, you know, I can do this so I can do that. We're going to spend our money, kids, on vacation, because I want to spend time with you. Teach them, what are you teaching them about money? You're teaching them about how you spend money. What are you teaching them about resolving conflict? Listen, you need to teach your kids that hey, kids, we can resolve conflict without a baseball bat, right? We, I mean, we can say, I'm sorry. Your kids are probably gonna see you argue as a husband and wife. I mean, it's unrealistic for you to think that you're gonna go through life and Ozzy and Harry, you know, you're never gonna argue. Your kids are going to see this perfect, you know, deal of which I think that's probably not good because they're going to go into marriage expecting, oh, we're never going. But if they see you disagree respectfully, they see you disagree where you can say no, I don't, and then say, you know what, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Boy, that teaches them a lot, doesn't it? That teaches your kids. They're learning. When you're driving down the road and, man, you, you, the sun, uh, you, it's a beautiful day. You say, man, you know, God made that day, kids. I mean, God made the rain. It's raining. God made the rain. And everything you're doing, you're teaching your kids. And so, so to take advantage of these teachable moments, here's, here's what you need to do. You've got to be aware of the spiritual condition and need of your child. Now, we're aware of their physical needs most of the time. I mean, we know we've got to feed them. We know, man, as a parent, you're responsible for your kids. Your responsibility is to keep them alive, right? I mean, they got to eat, you know, and you're responsible, but most parents, and here's what I really feel, and I feel like it's even true for Christian parents, I believe most parents are more concerned with the physical and temporal needs of their kids than they are the spiritual needs of their kids. I believe, let me give you some examples. I don't know where you fit in here. I know the first- response within your soul is going to be to kick back and say, no, not me, but really you need to ponder these things. I believe most of us are probably more concerned with how our kids do in math than how they do in God's word. Uh, I, now, we need to make sure that they're learning properly, but our, our, our ultimate concern should be, how you doing in God's Word? I believe we're, we, we, we have a tendency, some parents and even Christian parents have a tendency to be more concerned about if their kid is progressing and doing well in sports so that they can start on the travel team than they are in, in, in excelling in their spiritual walk with the Lord. I believe we might be more concerned with what group our kids are running with at school than we are in what small group they're in at church. I believe that we might be more interested in our kids setting them up for a successful career than we are in saying, man, am I setting them up to think critically about all the stuff that's going to hit them and to literally give themselves over to running hard after the Lord? Is is their pursuit of God more important to me than what they do for a living? See, I believe as parents, most of the time we fall into the category of being more concerned about their temporal, physical needs than their spiritual needs. And you know what? There's a guy in the third century named Cyprian, and here's what Cyprian said. And you know, I mean, this, this dude is very smart. Here's what he said. He said, a parent that's more concerned about his child's physical, temporal needs than his or her spiritual need is like a parent watching his son drown and his dog drown and choosing to save the dog. First, parents, I ask you, are you aware of your kids' spiritual needs? Are you aware of that? Are you using teachable moments to help them to understand who God is, to help them to, 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 to begin to process? And most of the time you're going to think, man, it ain't taking, <laughs> right? I mean, they're not, and they are. You don't know what kind of seed you're planting That the Holy Spirit is going to begin to water in their life, and they're going to see that. I remember, man, things I learned years ago in messages that I had forgotten. But at the appropriate time, God begins to bring and grow those seeds. And what kind of seeds are you planting in the lives of your kids? Teachable moments. Every moment's a teachable moment. Did you know you're teaching your kids the importance of church in your life by your commitment to church? They're going to say, "Well, church is important, or church is not." you're you're teaching your kids when you get up on Sunday morning thank you for being here you you know and you say man uh, you know if most Sunday mornings you get up man you know we got in late last night this night next week it's like man it's you know the weather's not right the next week after that you come then for three weeks it's this excuse that excuse that excuse and it's like you know they're going to grow up thinking Jesus is cool but he's convenient right they're learning from everything you do what are you teaching your kids so that's intentional, I mean, uh, teachable moments. Let's talk about intentional moments. Because Moses, I think when he talks about when you w- sit in your house, walk by the way, uh, lie down, rise, it's the, the flow of every life, everyday life. But I believe that we should also plan intentional moments that we pour into our kids. Things like, you know, if you've got young kids, uh, reading, reading Bible stories to them at bedtime, get you a Bible story book. I think on our app, we have some resources do we, uh, Stephen, back in the back? Do we have resources on our app? I think on our app, on our li- online, we have some resources for like different age stuff for for your kids. So that that if you have to read them Bible stories at night, uh, you know, pray over them. Be specific. Pray with your kids every night before they go to bed right? Uh, and you get up in the morning intentionally, let them see you in the Word, if that's your time or whatever you are, with an open Bible so they know I'm not on my phone on ESPN or a bleacher report or, 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 or whatever. I'm like in God's Word and I'm sitting there and, and I'm, having my, my, I'm having time in the Word because I want my kids to see me in the Word. Mark up your Bible. Let me tell you why you need to mark, have a hard copy Bible mark it up. You need to have a hard copy Bible, and I'm, I'm going to challenge it. I don't care how you read the Bible, as we say it. Electronic, I've done it electronically for years. I've transitioned back to this. Multiple reasons. One, I've got ADD, and there's all kinds of squirrels that run across my screen. I can't deal with that. And then uh, when I've got my phone or my iPad, you know, but, but I've transitioned back to this because I want my kids to see me. But here's the thing. If you mark up your Bible, one day I'm going to be dead and gone. And, you know, when, when, it, when it is... Uh, man, my kids are probably going to be fighting over my truck, my, over my house, you know. I'm going to tell them I'm spending it all before I go anyway. I'm not leaving you anything. <laughs> all right. If, I mean, that's why I'm planning my retirement. So don't be counting on getting something from daddy, right? But what I hope they fight over is my Bible. You know, I want them to be able to read those notes in my Bible. I want, I want them to think about that here. So, so let them see you. But here's another intentional moment that's very important that, that I want to be very practical with, family worship. We've talked about, the things we've talked about are family discipleship, right? Teaching that life is discipleship. But I want to talk to you a moment about family worship and we're going to raise the bar here, right? And some of you men, I'm just going to tell you out of the gate, you're going to feel really awkward about this and you're going to feel really like, oh, I can't do this. You lost me now, okay? But family worship. I want to challenge you dudes to do family worship with your kids. That includes three things very intentionally, three things, right? Now, I can drive down the road and when my kid, you know, uh, uh, says something, then I can, that's a teachable moment or, you know, but now intentionally, I said, I'm going to have family worship with my kid. We want you to do three things, read, pray, and then sing. That's where I lost some of you guys. Stay with me, all right? Read. Let's talk about read from a, read the Bible. Read the Bible with your kids. Man, it might be a storybook Bible if they're two years old, if they're three, I don't, if they're a brand new baby, you know what you need to do? You need to go in their room every night and pray over them if they're a brand new baby. They, they you think, and they can't hear a word. I say, you're praying over your child. You're saying, God use this child for great things. When they get to read them storybook Bibles. As they get older, it might be a catechism, right? I mean, it might be a, a Bible reading plan. I don't care how you do it. It might be a chapter a night. It might be 10 verses. It might be, man, let's talk about David and Goliath for a while. Then let's go over here and read. I don't care how you do it. Just read the Bible to your kids intentionally, on a planned schedule, read the Bible to your kids. Second is pray. Pray with your kids. Some of you got, man, I'm not a good prayer. Folks, it doesn't matter how good of a— your kids are not going to remember the, the, the words of your prayer as much as they're going to remember the commitment to prayer. The fact that you were willing to, to pray over them, that's going to plant the importance of prayer in their life that will, they'll take with them the rest of their life. I mean, listen, the fact that you just said, God, I love my son. Please help him tomorrow in school. Ask them what their stress is in school. This is a great opportunity. What's stressing you in school? Are you being bullied? Are you being, you know, I mean, man, are, are somebody making fun of you, man? Are you worried about a test? Are you worried about asking a girl to the prom, you know? Are you, you know, are you worried a guy's going to ask you to the prom, you know? This I mean, ask them and then pray for them over these things. And you know, it, it doesn't have to be this language that's perfect and, you know, nobody's a pro prayer. You're fooling yourself if you think, man, I've got it all together when I pray. But the fact that you are willing to pray with your kids, it teaches them the importance of prayer. It teaches them confidence, the fact that you love them enough to pray for them. It teaches them we can take our concerns and our cares to the Lord. Man, I don't know how this is gonna turn out, but God does and God's in control. Pray with them, pray with them. So we're asking you to to, to pray with them. And then third, we're gonna ask you to sing, sing. If you're married, just you and your wife, dudes, we're going to ask you to sing. Now, if you're a single mom, you're going to have to step in and do this, but we're going to ask you to sing. Dad, if you've got mom and kids at home, sing. If you're single, sing to yourself. Make people, you know, in the next apartment go, that dude is cray-cray, right? I mean, sing. Uh, If it's you and your wife, sing. Now, that makes some of you guys go, oh, I've checked out right here okay? I mean, because you think of Sunday morning. We live in this performance society, right? Where it's all American Idol, and it's all the voice. And most of us think, man, I sound more like the people in the auditions on American Idol that you go. Why in the world would someone let you go on and do that? Do you not have any friends? Does your mama not love you? Right? I mean, I know. I'm with you. My voice sounds a lot more like William Hung than Travis Ryan, okay? But here's the thing. This is not for people that can sing. This is for everybody, this is for everybody, right? I mean, uh, the, the Scripture tells us in Ephesians to speak to one another in hymns and spiritual songs. It's not just a good idea. It's a command, right? And it's not just about, I think Travis said it last week, which I love, uh, man, it's a joyful noise. It's not a good noise, right? It, that, that, was, that freed me up, to be honest. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's me. I hope it's joyful because I know it ain't good, right? Right? So dads, listen, this is, this, is, this is for everybody. And we're going to ask you to sing, and we want you to make it simple. Let me give you a couple of things here. First, when you sing with kids, make it simple. It, it, man, it might be if they're a small child, man, you don't need to be singing some big hymn that's, you know, uh, you know this or that. Sing, Jesus, lo- Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I remember learning it as a kid. Just teach them as a child as they get older, you know, you need to progress beyond that. And, and, and here's what you do, man. You can use that great old, uh, you know, theological resource called YouTube, right? Uh, I mean, uh, but here's what our worship guys did this week. I mean, you Google songs and you see videos and sometimes the words don't, they're a little bit late. So here's what our guys did this week. Travis and, and our worship pastors at our campuses, they went into a studio and they did this thing called My House Worship Sessions. You can go on your app to get it. My House Worship Sessions. It's on your app. It's online matter of fact, right here, you see it. You see the, the My House Worship Session right there, and then you, you, you can click on that. And then when you click on the My House Worship Session, it, it, man, it takes you there. And if it's on your computer as well online, you can open your computer, and guess what? There's Travis Ryan in your house, or there's Brad Bill over at the creek, or Michael Reed down at Riverdale. And you know what they're doing? They're leading you in worship, and you're just joining along with them. The words are popping up. That's a way to do it. And you know another way to do it, guys? I, as the leader of my home, I'm being very practical here. As the leader of my home, It's my job to make sure it's done, but that don't mean it's my. I I have to do it all the time. And so, if you got someone in your house that can sing, guys, if your wife's a singer, let her. Let her. You're going to lead worship tonight, right? You're going to lead worship. You're going to lead in this song. If your wife's not a singer, guess what? I've got a daughter. It's 11 year old. Allie Kate. I mean, she loves to like got a microphone in that hand, right? And she can sing. I'll let Allie Kate lead. Allie Kate, you're leading singing tonight, right? Uh, it, it, but if it, 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 but here's the deal it doesn't matter if you are the one who does it it matters that it gets done and you're the leader and so you might delegate that but if there's no one there to do it you got to step up and say you know what this is awkward but I'm doing it because I care more about my kids' spiritual well being than I care about being embarrassed that I can't sing and 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 so guys sing with your kids read pray sing. Now guys, it can be brief. Don't think about Sunday morning. Don't think, man, I got to put four song worship set together like Travis and man, they, they work hard. I got to put that together. Then I got to put this 45 minute message together like Pat does. No, you're going to lose them. I, listen, if they're young, it better be 10 minutes or less. I mean, you better read a verse. Say, if you pray, pray about that verse and let's sing a song together. And, and man, if they're young, you got to be in and out, right? The older they get, it might go to 15, 20 minutes, right? I mean, it might go to 30 when they're 18, 17, but it's got to be short. It's got to be short, okay? And, you know, when when, when should you do it? Man, that's, that's different. The most common times are breakfast. Some people do it at breakfast. Some people do it at dinner. Some people do it at bedtime. It really doesn't matter. I'll promise you this: if you commit to doing it, it's not going to be the same time every day. Because why? Your kids have got sports. You travel. You go into this world. You got this. I got this. I mean, there's always something. And so, you know what you have to do, man. You have to. Uh, Amy's got this uh, glass pane on our house. It hangs, you know, by our by our, in our breakfast nook by our table. And you know, she sort of marks a counter and puts important things on it. And and so, man, you've got to schedule this just like you schedule a work appointment. you got to schedule like you, you know, when, when there's a kid's got a doctor's appointment, bam, it's right there. It, that's how we know it's there, right? And the doctor's appointment are not every, you know, Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. It might be this month, it's, it's this time, this month, it's this day, this time, so you schedule it. So you gotta, you got to, if this is important, you got to schedule it. It might be at breakfast one morning. It might be at, at dinner one night. It might be, you know, at bedtime one night. It, it, you schedule it. That's, impo- that's what's important, right? Schedule it. And dad, if you're gone, you might want to Skype in or FaceTime in. I mean, that, that's the coolest thing. Think about what you're going to be teaching your children, okay? Now, a, a, as, we, as we do this, let me, let me uh, uh, kill some objections you got. Some of you would say, well, you know, it's too late for me because my kids are older. They're, they're 15, 16, 17 year old. They're about to be gone. I've I missed the boat. No, you haven't. Guys, if you haven't done this, then the Bible tells us to, so we need to repent of it, confess the Lord, and start doing it. It's never too late to do the right thing. Just because you haven't been doing what we should be doing, that doesn't mean we don't start doing it now, okay? And so so it's never too late. You embrace the awkwardness of it, and you do it, okay? You do it. And so you might have an objecting uh, spouse. Now, typically that might be the male, Because I'm just going to be honest, in all my times as as a pastor, I've never seen a woman criticize or discourage her husband from leading spiritually, even if that woman's not a Christian. I've never seen that in my life. Guys are so afraid. This is such a lie that the enemy gives you. Guys are so afraid that they're gonna embarrass themselves in front of their wife or their kids. And I'll promise you guys, if you would sit down and read, a, read the passage and you pray with your wife and your kids, and then you try to sing, I'll promise you, you might be the worst singer in the world, but your wife, you've never been stronger and bigger in your wife's eyes. She's never been more proud of you than, than she is in that moment. But you might, ladies, you might have a husband who says, I'm not, I don't know about this. I'm not for it. Then let me give you, let me go back. Let me rewind a little bit and say, don't nag, pray. Okay. Make it easy for him. Don't nag, pray, do what you can in the, in the, in the, in the meantime. Okay. Now, listen, you are not responsible in the end. We aren't totally responsible for the choices our kids make. We know that. My kids, I've got two grown boys. I'm not responsible for the decisions my boys make today right? I'm not responsible for those decisions. And just because you do a a, a discipleship and family worship with your kids, that doesn't mean the money-back guarantee that they're going to turn out following the Lord with all their heart. That's a biblical principle, you know, train your kids in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. That is a biblical principle that typically, if you pour into your kids, that'll happen. But That's not a money-back guarantee every time. There are people who are far from God whose kids grow up to be missionaries. There are missionaries who pour into their kids whose kids grow up to be far from God, okay? So that's not a money-back guarantee, but I'll promise you, I'll promise you, it's your responsibility. It's a sacred obligation. If you'll do it, you're going to put your kids, you're going to tip the scales in the favor, and you're going to put wind in your kids' sails, and you're going to think it's not taking some time, but you keep at it. You keep at it and you see what God does. Tomorrow is gone. Or I'm sorry, yesterday is gone. You'll never have it back. Tomorrow may never get here. Today's all you got. So start today. It starts with you and it starts today. Teach them diligently. Teach them diligently. Now, some of you may know the story of a man named Rick Husband. Rick Husband was a colonel in the United States Air Force. He was a fighter pilot. He was also an astronaut, and he was a commander of the, the uh, Columbia mission in 2003, January of 2003. Columbia was taken off, and, and not only was Rick Husband the commander of Columbia, but he was also a, a father who loved Jesus and wanted his kids to love Jesus, and he lived the principles that I'm talking to you about right now. And what Rick Husband did was he told his wife, he pulled his wife aside and said, while I'm gone in space, when I'm in orbit— I want to record a video for our kids. He had two kids, and I want to record one son and one daughter. I want to record a video for our kids to do a devotion with them the whole time I'm in space because I want them to know how much I love them, and I want them to know how much I want them to love Jesus. So I'm going to do a video with them, one video per day for each of them. He was going to be gone 16 days in space. He did 32 videos, 16 for his son, 16 for his, his, his daughter and his son was 17, his name was Matthew, and here's how he starts out the video for his son Matthew. He said, hi Matthew, I wanted to tell you how much I love you, and I wanted to make this video so you and I could have a devotional time every day that I'm in space. So I'm looking at your devotional book, and I'm starting on the 16th of January, because that is our launch day. And I'm going to read through this book and the Bible verse every day, just like I was sitting here on the couch with you so that we can have this devotional time together. I just want to do this because I love you and I love your sister and I'm going to do one with her as well. And then so what Rick husband did was he goes on and he takes the devotional book that he's going through with his kids and he sits down with the he's the one he's going through his son's going through at 7, his daughter was a different age, she was going through another one. So he takes his son's book and every day 16 days he's in orbit. He made a devotional book. He read the verse, he talked about the devotion with his son. He went, took the daughter's book, he read the verse, he went through the read the devotional, then he talked it with his daughter about the devotional. 16 for 16 32, for 32 devotionals. He was gone for 16 days. Now, some of you may remember that as the Columbia was re entering Earth's atmosphere, tragedy happened and it, it exploded and disintegrated, killing everybody aboard. Rick Husband never made it home to his kids. Let me ask you something, guys. Do you think today, That Rick Husband's kids, do you think the greatest legacy he left in their life was the fact that he was a fighter pilot, a colonel in the U.S. Air Force, an astronaut? No. Oh, they're proud of their daddy's achievements. But let me tell you the greatest legacy, the thing their children cherish more than anything was not all of his accomplishments. I guarantee you the things they cherish more than anything are those 16 videos he made for them before they went. I guarantee you they'll watch them every week, I guarantee you, they'll show them to their children. What a legacy. What a legacy. Now, Guys, let me ask you something. You tell me what objection you can come up with that's, that's worth losing that kind of legacy. What kind of legacy do you want to leave for your kids? You tell me what objection or what fear or what bad note your voice might crack or what prayer you're afraid to pray. What absolute objection is worth keeping you from leaving that kind of legacy for your kids. There's nothing, guys. You have a sacred obligation to lead your family. Through our sacred gathering, God brought us to the point of saying, listen, we've challenged you for years to live sent, live sent, live sent, and we're never going to stop because God's heart and God's glory needs to go. God's heart's for the nations, and we want to make sure his glory goes to the nations. We're never gonna stop, but let me tell you, we will not go to the nations for long, and it will not last unless it is burning bright within your home, and it starts with you. Gentlemen, I'm challenging you as a man, I'm challenging you to do the right thing, to do the man thing, and to lead your family. I'm challenging you to overcome your fears, to embrace the awkwardness, and to lead your family. You're not gonna always do it right. You're not gonna have to know the answers all the time. And it's okay to tell your kids, I really don't know the answer. Let me call uh, you know, one of the youth pastors. Let me call your children's pastor. Let me call one of the pastors at church. I'll, I'll ask, let me that, that, you know, talk to some people in small group. It's okay to say, I don't know. It's okay to flub up a prayer. It's okay to make your voice crack and not know the words and laugh about it. And that is what your kids will remember. It's okay. But what's not okay is you not doing it because you're afraid man up, guys. I'm telling you, it's time to man up. All the issues that I talked about with uh, the leaders of our country, let me tell you what, they wouldn't be issues near as bad if our men led their families to love and serve and honor and run hard after the heart of God. It begins in the home. And so, guys, I'm challenging you to man up and lead your family well. Lead your fam- and leading it well doesn't mean I'm doing it perfectly. It means I'm doing it. That's well. So I'm going to ask all of you who would, men, if you'll stand up for just a moment, would you? All of you men who would, I want you to stand up for just a moment. What kind of legacy do you want to leave your kids? What kind of legacy? Man, you want, you, do, you, do you want your kids to be in heaven with you? But it goes more than being in heaven. Do you want them to have the, the wherewithal, the tools for them to not be sucked into the tide and under the tide and be drowned uh, in the tidal wave of the cultural pressure for them to bow down to the false gods that our world worships? Then that comes with you leading your family. And so guys, today I'm challenging you and I'm commissioning you to go out and to lead your family. You know, in Genesis 18, 19, it's one of my memory verses. I, I challenge you to memorize it too, guys. Abraham's a pretty big hero of our faith. Remember, he was a pagan idol worshiper. He wasn't looking for God. He was living for himself, doing his own thing. But God chose him and God saved him. And God chose him and he said, out of you, Abraham, I'm, sa- I'm choosing you and I'm saving you. And out of you, Abraham... I'm gonna bless all the nations of the world. We know that it was out of Abraham that, that you know we go through all the way down through and we get Jesus and it's out of Abraham that all the nations of the, Israel becomes a nation and, and then all the nations of the earth. Why did God choose Abraham and how was he going to accomplish that promise? Now think about it, guys. How's he going to bless all the nations through one man? Well, he tells us in Genesis eighteen nineteen. He tells us in Genesis 18, 19, Put it on the screen, let me quote it for you, and you read it as I quote it for you. He says this, For I have chosen him, who? For I, God, have chosen him, Abraham. For I have chosen him so that he may command his kids and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. So that I can give Abraham what I have promised him. How am I going to fulfill my promise, Abraham, to bless the world through you? I'm going to fulfill it with you teaching your kids and your household. That's where it's going to start. Isn't that crazy? Abraham, I'm calling, I'm I'm choosing you and I'm raising you up. And throughout you, I'm going to bless the entire world. How am I going to fulfill that promise? Starts with you. Starts today. Teaching them diligently. that's a legacy, isn't it? Oh, Abraham had this. He preached to millions, right? No. He preached to his family. He led his family. And he impacted the world still today. Guys, you want to have a world impact. You don't have to be some big speaker on a circuit. You don't have to be a professional athlete or or a politician. You don't have to be, you you, you know, let me tell you the greatest impact you can make on the world is to impact your family, to lead your family. Teach them diligently. And so I commission you and I challenge you. And I'm going to pray for you in a moment while you're standing. But before you sit down, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to help you understand you can do this. And what's the one part that I think you're more afraid of than anything? Singing. So I'm going to have you to sing right now. Just the men. Don't worry. I'm I'm going to sing with you. We're going to crack together. All right? It's going to sound bad together. But it's going, to be, it's going to be joyful, isn't it, Travis? It might not be good, huh? but it's going to be joyful. So we're going to sing, and you know what we're going to sing? We're going to sing this song that Travis wrote that I love because it's such a creedal song, and it's what I want my kids to believe. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe he gives us new life. We believe that he... That resur- his, his resurrection, that he defeated hell. We believe these things. Is that what you want your kid to believe? Isn't that, guys, what you want your kid to believe more than you want them to know? Two plus two equals four, more than you want them to know how to parse a verb. And isn't that what you really want your kids to believe? Well, let's sing the things that we want our kids to believe. Let's, let's get your mouth loosened up and oiled up so you can walk away going, I can do this. And you look around, at, you might look around at somebody else and smile and you say, hey man, you're just as bad as me but we're doing it together. So men, I want you to sing, and I want you to sing loud because I want you to get your mouths loosened up and and, and your lips oiled up and ready to go. And let's declare what we believe so that we can go home and say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to declare to my kids what we believe. Travis, I want you to step out and lead us so at least it's got a ring of something to it.
1: (laughs) We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit And He's given us new life We believe in the crucifixion We believe that He conquered hell We believe in His resurrection And He's coming back again We believe in God the Father We believe in Jesus Christ We believe in the Holy Spirit, and He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered hell. We believe in His resurrection, and He's coming back again. We believe.
0: Let's let them, let's show them, smile on our face, raise your hand and declare it like you mean it, and it's what you're going to teach your kids, okay? So let's declare it like we're going to teach our kids. If you believe this, man, let your kids see that you believe it and how you declare it. So get your hands out your pockets, raise your head up, look at the lyrics if you don't know them, and let's declare it.
1: So let's sing it together. Travis. Let the lost be found and the dead be raised In the here and now and love in Let the church live loud, our God will save We believe, we believe And the gates of hell will not prevail For the power of God has torn the veil And we know your love will never fail We believe Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit and he's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that he conquered hell. We believe in his resurrection and he's coming back again. We believe. We believe
0: ladies let me ask you something how many of you your husband might never have looked more sexy than he does right now I promise you dudes you want to do this you can do it guys hey I'm with you on this singing Travis backstage you know what he said you know what he said today backstage he told the people backstage guys I can stand on stage and lead worship thousands of people put me at home with my family that's where it gets hard We're all in the same boat. We're challenged to do it, and we challenge you to do it. You can, guys, you can, and I promise you want to do it. That's the legacy you want to leave, and I'm going to pray for you, and you know what? I'm going to pray, and our ushers are going to come. We're going to take up an offering, and and when we do that, you ladies can stand up, and when we do that, this is our response time. Some of you might respond, you're going to respond by giving. Some of you might respond by saying, I don't even know the Jesus you've been talking about today. I need to know him. Come back and talk to us, and as I prayed before we began, that the Holy Spirit would do with this word what he wanted. And some of you might have said, Man, I, I need to be saved. Come and talk to us. Some of you dads might be feeling the weight of, I haven't done this, okay? Maybe you haven't. That's called a sin of omission. Repeat, confess, understand God forgives, accept that forgiveness, and repent, which means I'm turning, I'm doing it different. And today's the day, okay? You do what God, you respond as God has led you and come back next week as we, we we continue the third circle of this of this series let's pray together father we love you god i pray for these men and i pray you would bless them today god as they lead i pray for single moms in this room that doesn't have a husband at home and god how difficult that is for them and i pray that they would be able to step in uh, and lead God, I pray that men in this church would step in and and help come alongside of them with their, their boys, God, specifically, and help teach their boys what it means to be a man of God. I pray that you would do great things in this church because we've taken seriously your command, Lord, to teach diligently the things of God. We love you. We praise you. and We adore you. God, we're not always going to hit it out of the park. Sometimes we don't know how to pray. Sometimes we don't know what to sing and we mess it up. And I pray that we would overcome all that and say, we're going to do it because God told me to. And I want my family to know that I love you. Help us to do it today in Jesus' name. Amen. I challenge you this week to do at least two if you've not done done any. Go further, but do at least two family worship times. You can go on our app under today's message and you can get some stuff for that, but do at least two this week. God bless you, church. Travis is going to sing us out. Don't leave until he tells you. We're taking up our offering. You respond how God has led you to respond.